Hey everyone, welcome to Totes for Fash, a professional millennial woman's unfiltered breakdown of corporate America, life, and whatever other topics my girlfriends and I ranted about in our group chat this week. If you are an E-type overachieving professional woman under 40 with an advanced degree, student loans, but never had a vision board or used healing crystals to make a professional decision, then this podcast is for you. This week, I texted my friends in a group chat an article published in the New York Times called Parents Got More Time Off, Then the Backlash Started. Basically, the article is about how tech companies extended worker benefits in this COVID-19 era we're all living in. In particular, they gave extra paid time off for parents to help them deal with homeschooling situations. Salesforce, Google, Microsoft, Facebook, they all announced that they were offering anywhere from six to 10 weeks of paid time off PTO for parents. These same benefits, however, were not extended to people who don't have children. Facebook also further said that they would not be scoring employees on their job performance for the first half of 2020 because there was just so much change going on in their lives and at work. And they also said that every Facebook employee would receive a bonus, which is usually only reserved for very good performance scores. Shortly thereafter, the backlash followed. At a recent company-wide meeting, Facebook employees repeatedly argued that work policies created in response to COVID-19 primarily benefited parents. People said it was unfair that non-parents could not take advantage of the same leave policy afforded parents. At Twitter, fights erupted on an internal message board after a worker who didn't have children at home accused another employee who was taking leave to care for a child of not pulling his weight. At some companies, people openly wrote on their internal chat boards how isolated they felt living alone and not seeing everyone for weeks at a time, and they could really also use the pay time off to connect with people again. Certain employees also complained about parents taking advantage of these leave policies and using the leave policies for things that weren't always for parenting purposes. Of course, parents at these companies and some of their defenders were very upset by these comments. There were comments from parents at the companies on the internal commenting boards saying things like, round-the-clock childcare is not something I would do voluntarily, and childless coworkers don't understand how hard it is to balance work and childcare, especially when daycare centers are closed and they have to try to help their children learn at home. There was even Laszlo Block. He is Google's former head of people operations, a.k.a. human resources, a.k.a. internal Gestapo. And he said, for people to get upset enough to say that I feel this is unfair demonstrates a lack of patience, a lack of empathy, and a sense of entitlement. He's now the chief executive of the startup Humu, never heard of it, whatever, which aims to help companies manage employees more effectively. The article also referenced a survey. ZipRecruiter, a job listing and recruiting site, did a survey this July of 1,700 parents and asked how many hours they would see their per-day work reduced if schools did not open in the fall. Mothers generally said that their working hours would be reduced by 9%. Fathers said their time would be reduced by 5%. How typical for men to overestimate their abilities. No, no, no. Childcare, homeschooling, definitely going to only reduce my output by 5%. I kid, though. I think 
this differential is probably a reflection of the division of labor in many households in this country where women are holding the bag on most of the homeschooling responsibilities and their husbands are doing some things and probably, in fact, overinflating their contribution. <laughs> They're probably only going to reduce their workloads by like 2%. It'd be like, Barbara, I found their textbooks and I accepted the meeting invite from the, from the principal and the teacher. That was definitely like five hours of work right there. Of course, this kind of study should be taken with a grain of salt, because if you were to ask me how much time I spent on Instagram, I'd be like 30 minutes. But if you asked Instagram, they'd be like three hours. So uh, unreliable narrators, you have to assume that's happening here. But the big takeaway from this study is that parents themselves expect they'll be able to work less because of their child care responsibilities. I sent the article to a number of my friends, just a link and a little ambiguous thoughts, question mark, to see how they'd respond. And it set off a firestorm. My one friend who is my Pollyanna, heart of gold, uh, just rosy glasses person said, we all have to pitch in to get it done because ultimately we serve at the pleasure of the company and are all responsible for getting things done just want to pause here and say that this friend has no children and also that I totally disagree. I do not believe in doing extra labor for free to benefit the employer. My arrangement with the employer is I give you labor, you give me money. And there are certain degrees to which we all have to carry our partners in our business units. However, when it becomes a sustained and prolonged habit where I am providing more output, more labor than my peer, and we are receiving the same compensation, I'm sorry, that doesn't work for me. That is a free rider problem. And let me tell you something, free rides are reserved only for insecure teen girls and for these guys. I am not working for the company's best interest. I'm working to earn a wage and I expect to be compensated for my services. Another friend who I messaged, she is uh, a teacher, but she has an advanced degree and very sophisticated teacher. She said that before kids, she thought job expectations should be the same for people with the same job, no matter if you have children. But now having lived abroad for some time, she appreciates the value of parents having the flexibility and ability to tend to their children. She thinks that this is a cost that is for the greater good of society. And she's now lived somewhere where people will actually look down on you if you don't support parents having flexibility to attend to their children and have a healthy lifestyle. I hear what she's saying loud and clear, but I think the issue here isn't focused on whether or not parents should be permitted to have access. I think we're actually tapping into a debate that has been ongoing pre-COVID, but this article really brought into focus this tension between parents and non-parents and the division of labor and who has to subsidize who for a deficit in output. One of my other friends came up with a response that was very thoughtful and very close to my own feelings. And she said that, she absolutely acknowledges that childcare is not easy and has been made more difficult with COVID, but having a child is a choice. 
Just because I don't have a child doesn't mean I don't take care of my family in other ways. And it doesn't mean I should be expected to work longer hours or stay at a work function longer because someone has to catch a train or drop their kid off at sports. Obviously, the statement is relating to pre-COVID issues, but the sentiment still is accurate. She goes on to say, I have consistently seen employees with children take off hours at a time to, quote, homeschool, which involved a nice long hike in a wooded park nearby with their dogs. And she wonders, why should I pick up the slack for people and take on the mental stress of extra work and deadlines? She also says, if parents take a day or two off, they can say it's for their kids, whether it's truth or not. There's less expectation on them to check in with work or, quote, make up time on projects. But if a childless employee takes off a day or two just because, there's a different lens on it. As a childless person myself, I have to say that I agree. Different organizations that I've worked at have treated it differently, but to some extent, I have felt as though my vacations are looked at as if they are less deferential. And I mean, I have to say, Jeff, my margarita road trip is very important, as important as your trip to Disney World. I'm sorry. The reality is, however everyone chooses to blow off steam is nobody else's business. But I do feel as though as a person who does not have children, my private time, my personal time is not given enough respect. Her final point is that she thinks there's an unspoken acceptance that employees with children get more slack to take time off or leave early or contribute less because it is a societal norm to have kids. She's not saying necessarily that she wants a specific policy of getting paid more than parents, but this perspective and culture needs to shift. This is where she and I diverge on this debate. I know this will not be a popular opinion, but I do believe that non-parents picking up for a labor deficit by a colleague with children should be compensated more for that additional labor. Because discussing raising children and having a family is a very loaded, sensitive subject, I would like to reframe this discussion in a different context. Let's try to use what I consider to be a helpful analogy. Let's assume that During the day, I worked as a strategy executive at a company. But for years, in my own time, I've been pursuing a passion project. I've been running science experiments in my garage to find a cure for cancer. Obviously, finding a cure for cancer is a very noble and socially important cause. I have someone running the lab while I'm in the office during the day. But at night, I'm handling the laboratory. I'm waking up at all hours to check bunts and burners and decanters and all kinds of shit. But now, suddenly, because of COVID, the person typically in charge of monitoring the lab is not available. And now I have to decant and synthesize and osmosis and photosynthesis and everything else I forgot about in biology, right? Would it be reasonable for me to expect my corporate colleagues to take over my strategic planning workflow? finish my slide decks, do research, carrying more than their usual share of the project. Would it be fair for me to ask or expect that of them just so I can tend to my cancer curing research at home? What if this went on for six months and then my employer announced that all reviews during that period were going to be ignored and I would receive the same special bonus as all of my coworkers who covered for me because it was a transitional time for all of us? Now, I know some of you are probably saying, hey, that's not fair. It's not the same. Parents have more mouths to feed. And my answer to that is, 
Well, cancer isn't going to cure itself. My laboratory needs funding. Buns and burners are not cheap. Some of you might say, but you're not going to cure cancer in your garage. I hear what you're saying. This is a results-based test. How about we start allocating PTO to parents based on their kids' report cards? That's a results-based test. Let's see how well your kids are doing in school or some other developmental milestone, and we can make a determination as to whether you as a parent should have this extra PTO or get to leave early or check out for a few hours a day. The results aren't so great. Seems like you're not really worthy, huh? I want to be abundantly clear about something. I fully believe that employers must provide parents the right to be a good parent to their children. They have to accommodate parents and give them the ability to be available to their children give them the ability to participate in their lives. I 100% believe that. But I also believe that we cannot deny two facts. One, being a parent is a choice. Not everyone wants children and not everyone can have children. What you do in your personal time is your choice. And for these people, they have decided to allocate their units of personal time to procreation and child rearing totally fine, but a choice. The second fact is being available and participating in your child's life, at least in America, will result in a sustained and reduced output relative to a childless peer, assuming you're a normal functioning human who sleeps at night. How significant of a reduction? Well, that's going to depend person to person and job to job. Also, it'll depend on whether or not there's a stay-at-home spouse, a.k.a. what I call a CHU, Chief House Operating Officer. It'll also depend on whether or not you have dual incomes, whether your children are really young or whether they're teenagers, basically many adults. And it will also depend on how at home, assuming that there's a two-parent home, the division of labor has been allocated as far as child rearing and household operating procedures, okay? All of that is going to vary and there's no clean answer. But the result, the net result, I believe is the same to have the ability to participate fully or as much as you like and be available in your children's lives relative to a childless peer, you'll probably have a diminished output. So with those two facts taken as true, assuming you agree, then the friction around this debate really comes from two issues. One, the expectation that non-parents must subsidize a working parent's output deficit for free. That's really the problem with the Facebook policy, right? Parents are getting 10 weeks paid leave that non-parents don't receive, and everyone's getting the exceptional bonus, regardless of actual output during this time. And what do I mean by subsidize? I mean that per unit of labor put out by a non-parent, they are receiving a lower wage than the per unit output of a parent. Because if these two people are on a team, they receive the same salary, they have the same obligation, but one has to check off a work early or be unavailable for a few hours or do whatever it is they have to do, then invariably the non-parent is actually producing more output, but they're receiving the same wage. That means that the non-parent has a diminished wage relative to that parent. And that is unequivocally on its face unfair. The second issue 
I think that's central to this debate is whether a working parent's personal time is treated with more respect and deference than a working non-parent. I don't have a solution to that from my own experience. I would absolutely say that that's true. There seems to be a lot more understanding and tolerance for people leaving work early or clocking out to tend to their children, which, of course, I applaud. I applaud that corporations are enabling it. Where the issue is for me is that there may be more expectations and therefore more output required of the non-parent. Like my friend noted, there will be this expectation to check in even while on vacation or to make up for lost time if you're not available. Whereas for parents who are frequently checking out early or offline, there isn't the same expectation that they'll catch up in their output. My thoughts on this topic was very unpopular with one friend. She said that my philosophy on this is the same argument that people use about why they shouldn't pay high taxes. It's just supporting other people. It's welfare. It's anti-civic duty. But I do not believe that these are the same issue whatsoever. Paying into government via taxes for the purpose of providing a communal good and service is totally different from working for a company a very much for-profit company, a very much kind of company that says, we're a meritocracy, we only promote based off of merit, where each employee's affiliation to said entity is strictly, I give you labor, you give me money. It's a very different affiliation. And therefore, my expectation is very different. Unlike government, I expect my employer to reward me based off of the output and contributions that I give to that endeavor. Whereas with government, the services that I expect to receive are the same services that I expect all of my fellow citizens to receive. And those who are most in need will receive services and a safety net commensurate with their need. Instead, Facebook's policies and other tech companies' policies are asking individuals on a given team to be the ones to subsidize the labor deficit of their colleagues rather than having the company itself do so, and rather than having the government do so. One of the things that consultants have been advising companies on during COVID-19 is employee engagement, employee morale. And I can promise you, if compensation and bonuses do not seem to be commensurate with contribution, if employees perceive companies as not living up to their claims of being a meritocracy, I promise you that will certainly lower morale for employees. I do want to address a couple of the parents' concerns and the non-parents' concerns that the New York Times cited in their article. Some of the parents had noted that around-the-clock care was not anything they signed up for. And I cannot agree more. I totally get it. It was very stressful. This is horrible. I do not blame you. But this is, again, similar to the cancer research I'm doing in my own garage. While noble, societally important, and I understand that it is very, very hard on you, but these are individual choices and doesn't seem particularly relevant to how much I should be paid per unit of my labor of output because something in your personal life is detracting from your ability to fully commit to the job. That being said, the comments from some of the parents about their colleagues not being empathetic to their childcare responsibilities, I think that is unacceptable. Of course, taking care of your child and taking care of their educational needs will come before work any given day. I 
will say, though, I think there might be some parents that are paying a little loosey-goosey with what is a child's care and what might just be sofa and Ben and Jerry's on the couch. Just throwing it out there. But that being said, I think the real issue is that employers need to live up to their claims of being a meritocracy. They should also allow employees at this point to unbundle their salaries and their PTO and give people a menu options of how they want to receive their compensation. Do you want to have 10 weeks of paid time off? Do you want to have flexible leave? Then for that, you will receive a 5 or 10% reduction in your salary. Communicate that to your colleagues, and then no one can complain, well, they're producing less, you know, then they shouldn't be receiving the same pay as me, and they're not. They are receiving a reduced pay because they have a reduced commitment to this job. I think where things are really falling apart for a lot of employees is that some of them would like for some of them would like to have additional PTO, some of them would like to have higher compensation because they're doing a bulk of the work, they don't really need the PTO. And right now we need companies to be creative, do a little choose your adventure with the employee benefits and compensation packages and communicate those clearly. But instead, as per usual, companies are trying to make very simple overhauls because it's easier to administer. And I get it, but that's not going to lead to engagement and morale in an environment that's already pretty fraught because we're working remotely and to some extent pretty isolated, eh, a little down. And for those people who choose to take the reduced compensation, I think particularly those people who have children, I think the obligation is on the government to provide a stipend or some kind of additional compensation. So that way they're not taking a financial loss as a household while trying to provide the best care that they can for their child. But now we're getting into hippie dippy political territory, and I don't want to get there with you just yet. This brings us to the portion of our show I call I Don't Know Who Needs to Hear This. And I don't know who needs to hear this, but the best way to feel like you're getting away from it all these days, I find, is to watch on Netflix or Amazon Prime shows or movies in a different language. Sure, can I fly to Italy right now? Can I lay on the beach of Spain? No. I can stream movies and shows from foreign countries with subtitles and feel equally as frustrated when I'm traveling abroad. And it brings me back. It makes me feel like I'm actually doing it. So that's all for this episode. I'd love to hear your thoughts or questions. You can follow me or at me at ToastProfeshPod on both Twitter or Instagram, or send me an email or voice memo to email at ToastProfeshPodcast at gmail.com. Talk to you in two weeks. Bye.